0: Hello, this is Jose from Coffee with a Recruiter, and welcome to our new interview series called My Toughest Placement, where I ask recruiters, what's the toughest placement you've done? Creatively, this series has a different interview format. Hope you like it and enjoy. Therese Neeson is the founder of Notice. Notice is a fast-paced and boutique international search company. She focuses on the startup and SME space, working C-level roles with a keen interest in digitalization and technology. I met Therese when I started in recruitment back in my agency days. We then took different paths. I went internal, and she started her own recruitment company. But I've made sure to keep in touch. She's a very experienced recruiter with an international mindset, strong executive search skills, and is truly dedicated to her clients' needs. In spite of how busy she is, she managed to squeeze in an hour with me to see How she's doing back in Denmark?
1: I am fine, thank you. I am very happy to be working while we're in Corona. still have (laughs) clients and uh, still have candidates. So uh, I, I feel like I'm one of the lucky
0: ones. Awesome. Not doing a lot of traveling lately, I suppose.
1: No, I actually have not traveled since March or February. I think the last thing I did was I went skiing in the Alps. And after that, everything locked down.
0: What was the last business travel that you, that you had to do?
1: The last business travel I did was to go to Belgium, to Brussels. Uh, and that was in December in 19. And then I oh. only traveled for, for fun, for vacation with my family in February. And then I had a lot of business travel planned in March and April. And that never happened.
0: We catch up a bit on work, mutual friends, and funny stories from when we used to work together. Just for the listeners that aren't too familiar with her profile, I ask her to introduce herself, which for some reason is always a funny question to ask someone you already know.
1: Sure. Um, My name is Therese, as you know, and uh, I am the founder co-founder of notice which is a recruitment company i'm fully digital working across borders Um, it is an executive search company Uh, i work for tech companies for high growth startups entrepreneurs scale-ups are mainly my clients and the same with my candidates it's high growing profiles that are really doing very well in their career uh, have several degrees and uh, are already now working in Uh, the startup environment but potentially have had a background from investment banking or from consultancy or from big four so that's typically the the profiles and the clients that i that i work on Um, i have worked in different locations right now as you know i'm mainly focusing on benelux on the nordics and europe in general northern europe uh berlin switzerland and and the uk ireland Uh, but before that i've worked in london permanently um, where we two met at NP Group, yeah. and I had before that worked out in Malaysia for a company called Ethan Partners, a great startup recruitment company. And previous to that, I had my main career in uh, Copenhagen, uh, working a little bit in sales for an uh, MBA school called AVT Business School. And previous to that, I worked for a Danish recruitment company, doing also senior recruiting, um, but for the Nordic market at that time. So I've had a lot of fun in my career, you know, traveling around, trying different markets, trying different positions and so on. What I focus on now in Notice is really C-level hires, VP, head of director roles, and mainly within finance, sales and marketing Uh, But the titles can obviously vary. A lot of the time it's with equity, meaning that the people become some kind of uh, co-owner or co-founder or equity holder of of the company.
0: Interesting. And why did you start Notice?
1: I started Notice because I felt I was ready for change. I'd been a headhunter for about 10 years and I'd done a lot of projects every year, but I felt like since I'd been working in the startup and scale up environment for five years at that time that I really liked that industry and becoming a founder myself and making a startup company was kind of a natural uh, evolution for me. It was the next step in my career and I'm really happy I made the jump. I've had so much fun, you know, making a company, setting the vision, um, figuring out how to make everything, you know, make all the plans, do the strategy, actually just get to work and also be operational as a headhunter still but the combination of everything is what I've found really fun Uh, even the admin work and the sales work and like everything so uh, it was the right time for me to have a challenge uh, just for myself in my career.
0: Teresa's experience at Notice has been amazing but there have been definitely some challenges along the way and lessons learned.
1: Um, I think patience is one. You really have to believe in yourself. And also um, in, the, in the in the times when it's difficult. Uh, I've been working in very successful companies where clients walked in the door or came and called and or emailed every day, right? So yeah. I had to work a little bit more in the beginning to get my first sale. I think I officially started in Notice and started working in Notice in November 18. And already by the end of December, I signed my first client. So I only had to wait one and a half months, but I also really worked effort, like a hard effort to make that happen right from the beginning. So I think you can build your own success if you're willing to put in the work. And I think that's just, you know, as a startup and as a founder, you have to have an idea and a goal, but you also have to say that you're not supposed to go get there straight away. You're supposed to enjoy every step, right? So if you sure. go from A to B, you need to understand that there's a lot of different steps on the way. I think my main lesson has actually been to be very honest about what I'm able to do and also say no. Like sometimes I have great conversations with people and they'd like me to be their headhunter, but maybe we're not agreeing on the terms or they want to have several headhunters on where I only work in the market exclusively with retained work. So sometimes you have to say thank you so much for thinking of me, but. Right now, we're not aligned on the way we want to do business. So please, I'll I'll help you find somebody else who's ready to work like you want it, right? So that's also a really important lesson to um, only sign the contracts that you believe in and where you think you're able to solve it. And that also makes your brand and your service much stronger when you're sticking to what you're able to do.
0: Yeah, sometimes, I mean, if you got five clients and you're maybe slightly swamped and you got a lot of things to do, but three of them or maybe four of them are able to commit to like a one-to-one sort of relationship, but other other clients are thinking, yeah, let's just have a few people on the roll and see what happens. Then you got to be conscious of your time and efforts.
1: Yeah, but I don't do that. I, I say thank you so much for thinking of me and then uh, I guide them to another company that has that moth model and method. For mm-hmm. me, uh, that's not the way I work. I really want to, you know, give a very VIP treatment to all my clients and all my candidates, and work very equally with them on both sides. And uh, I do that best when I have the full attention of the hiring managers and the people that are actually going to sign, and that we have a real committed relationship. Um, so I think for the level of roles I do, this, this is the right setup uh, for the way of working. So you know, you have to guide your your clients also to what it is that will be the best service for them. So I, I tend to go in a very honest model and that's that's the way I believe in doing business.
0: Things have been going quite well for Theresa Notice. Her talents have made her quite capable of making C-level hires across London, Berlin and Amsterdam recently. The tricky part has mostly been having clients commit to doing video calls with candidates instead of doing face-to-face interviews with them. However, these roles were a piece of cake compared to the one massive game-changing role that was about to give her perhaps her toughest challenge. I asked her, what's been your toughest placement so far?
1: Yeah, it was actually a sales director role. Um, You could call it a CSO role, Mm -hmm. um, chief sales officer. And it was for London Market. Um, I can't really go more into detail with the client name or so on because I work with NDAs, so everything is exclusive.
0: So how did the role come in? How did it start? The power of referrals and networking is very strong in the recruitment business, regardless of whether you're internal or an executive search headhunter. Therese has an amazing network in London that she has used and has a rigorous recruitment processes to start the search. Just to go back to to the very beginning, so you're there, you know, how did the role come in? Was it via a common contact or just people inbound coming to you or outbound, you going to people?
1: I have a really strong investment banker network in London. And uh, when I started out, I reached out to them to see if they knew somebody who needed somebody as a headhunter like me, like people that knew me really well from a personal view of how I am as a person, and I got networked out and it was, it was like that, that I met this um, group of founders and, uh, and we got to talking together and we also decided to work together. So I was really lucky to be referred out um, in, in my network.
0: Awesome. So the search sort of starts, right? So, so what were sort of the early processes in starting the search? Do you have a process that you like to follow?
1: Yeah, I do have a process i like to follow. I um, I obviously work a lot on the JD with the client and figuring out what it is they want. I think I learn as much from what they like, but I also learn a lot from what they don't like about profiles, like all the no's to why they don't want a specific uh, profile or why they see that's bad. So sometimes I also try to test them. Let's say we call it a kickoff call where we're talking about it. And then we agree on the brief, we agree on the profile, and I start searching And then typically two weeks into the search, I'll have a meeting uh, with the client showing them the first initial profiles. And then from that batch, either I figure out we're on the right track or they give me their feedback and then we potentially corrugate the search a little bit and go in a different direction. Um, This time we were quite aligned on on actually the profile. So there was no problem with that, but it first happened in the interviewing and like in the face-to-face meetings. And when everybody got together in the room, that's when it actually uh, was more tricky to find the right person. It wasn't on paper difficult to write, find the right profile. It was more when they were actually interacting face-to-face and doing lunches and dinners and, and like having real meetings. That's when it became much more. And then I learned what it was in the interviewing that I had to ask of questions to figure out which kind of personality fits with this company style and the other way around. Because I think it's very important to work equal for the candidates and the clients. Uh, at this level, most of them are equally well-educated. They're the same age and they're the same uh, intelligence level and also career level as a businessman. So you need to be really honest with both the client and the candidate to be able to make a perfect match in between two. So it was really interviewing both sides and figuring out how can we make this happen.
0: Therese is getting some good early wins and is getting more than enough candidates for her client. But slowly she starts to realize that something unusual is happening at the cultural stage of the interview.
1: Um, but it was it was actually the match, the cultural match in the leadership group, right? That was what was difficult. It was finding a person who had the same cultural values as the founders and uh, had the same vision for the company and wanted to work in the same way as the founders. I think that was the m- most difficult thing. Um, to actually uh, find the right person. Um, when when you get to have equity and you get to be a part of a leadership group, it's really important that they're doing a bit of dating before the marriage or whatever you want mm-hmm, to call sure. it. That they uh, get to know each other and like each other. And uh, and the problem was actually finding somebody because the leadership group had known each other for many years and were both personal friends but also really tight work team and had a similar background. So it was finding somebody that they trusted enough that they could let into their inner circle. That was actually what it was about. I found several profiles that were really strong and had the, you know, let's say the background as their LinkedIn profile, the resume, all of that was perfect, right? But then when we came to the personality match and the cultural match into the leadership group, that's where it became tricky.
0: This all culminated in a very tricky moment where Therese presented an amazing candidate that in the end got counter-offered by their own company.
1: Yeah, well, the only crisis I kind of felt, which wasn't really a crisis, but what happens in recruiting, was that there was <laughs> one candidate that they got really hooked on, uh, a profile um, ex-Amazon, and, uh, and that profile obviously had a really good career already going on in Amazon. And... Uh, didn't want to leave. And that sometimes happens, right? Or you get further and the person's actually looking at the contract, but then tries to go resign. And then uh, the company keeps them on and gives them an even better contract, right? So that was that was more the feeling um, that it was going to be difficult to get some of these superstars out. Um, because obviously, the companies, they'll also fight for them.
0: Absolutely. It's so tricky when you got this amazing candidate. And another thing that that does is basically then their standards, they stick with that last person they saw. And at least it's happened to me where it's like you present a smashing Amazon-type profile, but in the end, it doesn't work out with this person. And then they're like, okay, get get me more Amazons or get me more Googles or get me more of these types of people. And it's like, okay, sure, but they're they're kind of rare, just so you know, just to manage expectations.
1: Yeah, I agree. But it's also sometimes... Uh, difficult whenever you, it is a little bit about falling in love, right? It is, as I said, (laughs) dating before the marriage, right? So if people really want one person and it's not possible, then they will need a little bit of time before they're ready to be open for a new one. And I think the only thing you can be is really honest and transparent in the whole communication. Sometimes you actually are able I tried that in another search. You are able to get people to meet if you just have a little bit of patience or if you just really listen to the candidate and say, what are your concerns here? What is it you're getting more in the other company than than here? Um, And I tried that actually a lot early in my career in Denmark, where sometimes it was an MBA that the person wanted to be able to study an MBA next to having the job. And then that was the main negotiation point that you had to Make it possible that the person would get in their salary package an MBA. So, you know, sometimes you need to be a bit more creative with what is it that is actually needed to make it happen.
0: There was not necessarily an aha moment during the search. Therese understood the nuances of the search early on. It was simply pure perseverance in order to find that hard to find culture match.
1: Yeah, I think, I think it's all a learning process. And you also, as a headhunter, become better at representing the client when you've been through the struggles and knowing what are, what are no-goes, what are they really keen on, and what are the key selling points. Um, and you learn that by doing many interviews, both with the client and also with the candidates, right? I think the main uh, thing that worked out was that I found a person that was equally interested in what the... Startup journey that the client could offer as um, as of the candidate's only expectations to their career. As I told you, it always is a match, right? You have to have both equally happy. You cannot just only be hiring for the for the client. You need to also make the candidates happy at this level, and you need to make sure that you're really helping them advance in their career and get a better life and a bigger salary and a better. Uh, potential for their growth and their hunger and their family so I think that's what it was all about it was like making sure that there was complete clear intentions from both sides and then um, having honest conversations all the way through and then it worked out so I think honesty and being able to deliver information is the key to a good recruitment process very transparent um, business way
0: awesome and then they see the candidate they're they're loving the person they see and are speaking with what was sort of the hiring manager feedback at that moment
1: wow like we're so happy and also the speed because I think that's also something I'm able to deliver the moment that I really am truly embedded in what it is that's going on, that I'm able to deliver quite high speed. So they were really happy with how fast I was able to find a new profile and how well aligned that was. So it's, it's all the, the ways, I think that's what headhunters do. They make, you know, the whole part of the communication and the process of getting people to meet and have honest conversations, they facilitate all of that. And I think that's one of the things I've been able to do really well and notice. Um, and also, you know, I, I work very much like the founders do. I try to adapt myself to the leadership team. If they work on WhatsApp, then we do communication by WhatsApp. If they work on phone calls, then we call. If they work by email, then we do it by email. Just making sure that everything is set up in the right way and that everybody's having the right conversations with the right information at the right time. That's also a lot about following up and briefing people. That's also what I think was the key to, to make that match come true. So, we had to turn over quite a lot of profiles to get that right. And I was really happy when it worked. And I, I'm also really happy that they've had a lot of success since then and are doing really great and i'm really happy <laughs> that they found each other. So, you know, sometimes it all works out in the end. You just got to keep going and you just got to keep trying.
0: What's the key takeaway from Therese's achievements? What does it take to continue a difficult search? In terms of effort, what did it cost?
1: I think it's like, it's like something I've seen that I almost have like as a superpower in my, in my way of doing recruiting is that I never give up. Like I can go back to a search one time, two times, three times with the same energy and just, you know, believe in the market that there will be someone out there that I just have to do more and do better and network better, find people better on LinkedIn. And I think it's just a mindset that I believe that there is plenty of, uh, of great profiles out there. And, uh, you can get feedback from the client, you can get a rejection, you can get a no, and then you have to go again. And I think I do that really smoothly. Um, and it's something that I've been able to do all the way through my career. I don't have like a mental block on that. I think a lot of headhunters actually do have a mental block. They felt like they've done everything and they've seen all candidates, but that's not true. Like the market shifts all the time. And every one month, two months, three months, other people are available that we're not available a month before or two months before or six months before and you just need to always be able to go back to the market and be a go-getter
0: and to to wrap up was there anything you felt you learned from this this one placement and and how the how has it changed you career-wise i mean do you feel you've improved do you feel notice has has grown what what has been the improvement since then
1: I think it's always great to make a great hire like it always gives you more success one thing is that you're able to do it in a strong brand in a big company but being able to do it in my own brand and my own company has really been very very empowering for me and I'm really happy that I'm able to deliver such a high level service and uh, also put in speed, but also very much transparent communication. What I'm really proud of is that all the people that I've hired in the two years almost that I've had noticed, they're still in the jobs and still thriving and doing well. And that's, you know, that's all you can ask for that people uh, get new jobs and love it and are doing well.
0: For more information, where can people go to, to find you and find out more?
1: People can find me on social media, so I'm active on LinkedIn. I'm both active from my own name, marie therese Nissen, but I'm also active, of course, from Notice. And it's the same system with Facebook and also with Instagram. Um, We also have a YouTube account where we are making videos. Um, I started making videos in the Corona period, because I had a lot of people, great talent, that reached out to me and were made redundant or needing a new job because of the crisis. And um, I felt I was saying the same thing every half hour uh, in the beginning of March. And one weekend I sat down and I decided to tape it and make some free uh, coaching videos that I put on YouTube that are also available on all all of the social media accounts that we have. Um, And I've had a lot of great feedback from profiles that have actually been able to get a job by themselves by using the techniques and using the process that I'm advising them to do. It's a lot about how to present yourself better, how to change your LinkedIn and your resume to be forward thinking, how to team up and lead the process with the recruiters, but also with the talent acquisition managers and hiring managers in the companies. It's about how to Uh, present yourself with a forward-thinking mindset and it's how to actually get back in touch with your leadership of your own personal leadership of yourself and how to run the process. Recruiting is about winning. It's about being the only one who gets the job. There's typically 100 people per process, sometimes 200, and there's unfortunately only one person who gets the job. And therefore, this process is about helping people to find Uh, their inner strength and help people to really um, get the best out of themselves. A lot of people don't do networking all the time and do job processes because they're busy working and having their life. And then suddenly they're in a situation where they should have been paying more attention to it and it feels like a bigger challenge than it actually is. So a lot of these tips I'm giving in these videos are about how to present yourself better and how to get back into networking.
0: And what's the feedback been from candidates?
1: The feedback has been amazing. I've had so many people watch these videos and comment on them and tell me that they received jobs from it. I think mainly it's the mindset shift in them that they, you know, take more action. They do more. They ask themselves better questions. And also that they're really representing a forward thinking mindset and the way that they are talking about themselves to the headhunters, to the talent agent people is a much better way of of representing themselves and actually doing the sales job of selling themselves into the organization. So uh, it's been wonderful. And um, I have a background also as a coach, and NLP coach, and I use it normally for all the interviews I do and also for the work with the clients. Um, But I've been really happy that I've been able to contribute to my larger network and i've been very happy to do this for free uh to give back and um yeah i'm just so proud of it really
0: and i guess just to get a little flavor of the rest of the week for you but what's the next step what's the week looking like for you what do you got to go jump back to
1: i'm just working on a new search right now i'm actually in the phase of finding profiles on linkedin and setting it up in all our systems uh i made the sale last week and I'm just, you know, happy to be back searching on LinkedIn, finding great profiles. Next week, I'll be interviewing. I'll be setting up candidate meetings the following week, the following three weeks. Um, so it's just, you know, great energy. I actually like working in different markets, working on different titles, working in different areas of Europe, because I think I learned something new every time. So uh, in May month, I was focusing more on finance. And now I'll be focusing a bit more on marketing previously in December, I was focusing a little more on sales. So I think it's really fun being able to do more um, areas than one and also more titles than one.
0: Excellent. And um, to the final question, but let's say in two years time, three years time, where will notice be?
1: (laughs) Notice will be thriving. Notice will be growing um and noise will continue to be a digital recruitment company working across borders in in europe uh potentially with more people than me uh would be lovely um but i i'm not fixed on uh one way is the only way i'm gonna play it by ear and see what happens um but the truth is really that i think you can take a company you can take a brand in whatever direction you want you just need to know uh, what it is that's possible and what it is that your dreams are. And so far up until now, my dream was to work independently and more free in the market and uh, represent myself in the market. and I've been able to do so. So I've been really happy about that journey. Um, and I'm just looking forward to whatever will come.
0: Well, I'll be looking forward to seeing NOTICE grow also, Therese, and just wanted to thank you for being on the podcast. Uh, Really enjoyed it. I know you're super busy, so thank you for taking the time.
1: You're very welcome. I think it's super cool, inspiring what you're doing, and I'm so happy to be able to be a part of this and follow your journey.
0: Feel free to connect with Marie-Therese Neeson for any comments or questions about her and her work at NOTICE. Her contact details are in the episode description. If you like this podcast, then do subscribe or follow. Thanks again, and stay safe.